the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. With the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. That's right, Jets Nation. Sam Darnold, the number three overall selection. Four months in the making lead to the USC quarterback for the Jets in the first round. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen here in studio on the official Jets podcast. EA, we got a loaded show. What are people going to be hearing today? Well, we're going to be hearing from Sam Darnold's collegiate coach. That is Clay Helton. We also talked to the aforementioned Sam Darnold on his first day here in Florham Park as a member of the New York Jets. And then finally, a lot of the draft pundits out there have praised Mike McKagan and the Jets scouting staff for grabbing Darnold at number three overall. Included amongst that bunch is Matt Miller, and we got a chance to talk to him. You're absolutely right we did. And this is some pretty unique sound that we're going to have on this show. But, EA, for fans that don't know anything about Sam Darnold, which I would imagine will be a small contingency, who is Sam Darnold, why is he a good fit here, and why was he so productive at USC? Well, uh, first off, Sam Darnold is the sixth first-round quarterback selected in franchise history. And that's something. That's really something because this franchise goes back to the days 1960. So the Jets haven't taken a ton of quarterbacks as far as the first round is concerned. But Darnold was a two-year starter at SC. He's a guy who led them to a Rose Bowl victory in his first year, a dramatic victory over Penn State. He is a guy who is ultra-talented in terms of making good throws when his feet are bad. Everybody talks about his athleticism, Green's, as far as, okay, he can go through his progressions inside the pocket, but he's also good making plays off script. And finally, last but not least, leadership. The guy has a lot of charisma. People are drawn to him. He has a tremendous upside as well. Just 20 years old. He'll turn 21 in June. That should make you feel old. It does make me feel old. And I know EA, we we talked about this on a previous podcast when we analyzed Donald, is that if you had one reference for a beer for Sam Donald, it was Dogfish Head at the time. Yes, but then I asked you again, and you said you might want to go with something a little more West Coast. Yeah, maybe we go to Stone, right? Because that's a brewery in the Southern California, and we got to pay homage to Southern <laughs> California because the Jets take Sam Darnold in the first round. So I think a lot of Jets fans were toasting the selection of Mike McKagan on draft night. I think that they'd have to be. They'd be foolish not to be, especially when you hear all these draft pundits on NFL Network, ESPN. We're going to talk to Matt Miller about this later. Across the board, everyone seemed that Sam Darnold was the number one quarterback prospect, and he fell to number three. And we broke it down a couple days before the draft that it was possible that it could happen, and indeed it ended up happening. So I think we should pat ourselves on the back for a little bit right there. Well, I thought there was... A chance that happened, but when myself and you were right here in this studio and we went through the exercise, 
I kind of thought it was going to be Josh Allen who the Browns would take with the number one overall selection. And then we go back to our days in Indianapolis when everybody was talking about Saquon Barkley, how clean of a pick he was, and how well he was going to perform at the Combine, and indeed he did that. Ever since that in February, I really thought the Giants were probably going to take Barkley, and indeed that happened. We'll never know what would have the Jets done if Baker Mayfield went one, and then Darnold went two, and then the Jets picked three. I mean, there's a thousand different scenarios that we'll never know, but fact of the matter. Thank goodness, because is, I'll tell you what, the Jets oh are, getting, Jets he, are he getting, excited. Jets are getting somebody who was a 65% passer at USC, and he had 57 touchdowns and 22 interceptions along the way, and he also averaged four yards a carry. Sam Darnold is very impressive, not only on the field, but listening to his press conference, he's very collected, and you you often use the term California cool. Well, he seems to be in control of, it didn't seem that the media questions that you knew were going to get thrown at him really phased him. And we've talked about this before, and I, I saw this a couple different places. If you look at the successful New York athletes in the past, and I'm not saying Sam Darnold is certainly going to be successful, but he definitely has a couple of the same characteristics that other athletes that succeeded in New York did. People like Derek Jeter, I'm going to throw in someone from the NHL world for you. Mark Messier, when he played for the Rangers. You don't remember Mess. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you do? Vaguely. Vaguely. Why don't you tell the listeners how old you were in 1994 when Messier raised that cup? Well, it depends. When was the cup hoisted? The exact date? <laughs> it was in June. That still doesn't help because I was born in June. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so, it was like June 12th or so, wasn't all right, it? Well, then I was uh, not on this earth. <laughs> okay, all right, great. <laughs> but I was almost one years old, or I was almost zero years old. So Excuse I, me. I love how you're referencing Messier and the way I, he handled done, New York. I've done my research. I like it. I've done my research. And Who else he got? Those two guys. Eli Manning. Eli, yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I would say those three for sure. Yeah. But that that stands out to me as well. They're they're rather you know stoic in the way they operate on the field, and they just kind of seem unfazed by everything from a media perspective on, and off the field. And one thing about Sam Darnold that everyone says is you never have to worry about him when you leave work because he's not gonna you're not gonna wake up he, with a call at three thirty in the morning that Sam Darnold did something bad. He was raised right. We were gonna hear from him here in a few moments, but the son of a medical gas plumber, his mother, physical education teacher at the middle school level, and his older sister, an accomplished volleyball player. Now she's coaching at the University of Rhode Island. Well, there you have it. Go roadies. That's what Sam Darnold said in his press conference. But I think it's time that we should speak to Clay Helton. You actually spoke to him a couple days ago, and he really had some interesting insight on what made Sam Darnold a top prospect in the NFL draft. There aren't many people who know new Jets quarterback Sam Darnold than USC head coach Clay Helton. Coach, after Sam went 20-4 and as a starter for you and won a Rose Bowl along the way, he was drafted by the Jets with a third overall selection. How did Sam help you set the tone at USC? Well, everybody sees the production on the field, but what I was most proud of while he was with us is just the culture that he established in the locker room on a day-to-day basis. I mean, 
he's a true professional. You know, he tries to be a master of his craft, a student of the game. First one in, last one to go. And the other players see that. He's a guy that leads by example, that works his tail off, and the other guys follow because they respect that. He defined our culture in our building, and I think that's a very valuable thing, when you, especially for the quarterback position. How did the system there at USC that you guys ran offensively help him make the pro transition? Because Sam went through a lot of multi-root progressions, also had to re-mic and help you guys set protections up front. Yeah, you know, we've ran the same system here basically almost since 2001. It is a pro-style system. That is a multi-progression system, getting five men out. And we do allow the quarterback to have the opportunity to re-mic anytime he wants. I think that's one of the areas he's grown a lot over the last two years is protecting himself by re-miking. We also give him the ability to get us in the correct play, diagnose front, diagnose coverage, and be able to get us in the correct run or the correct pass, depending on what he sees. And uh, so, you know, and he grew in all those areas while he was here. And when he left us, I mean, it was just, we all knew as a coaching staff, he's pro-ready. I mean, he's ready to go lead an organization when his time comes. That's music to a Jets fan's ears, of course. Coach, you said Sam is the highest ceiling of anybody in this draft. And he's only 20 years old. He's going to turn 21 this summer. Are you excited to watch him as his pro career starts? And are you amazed how wise he is beyond his years? I saw it when I first met him when he was 16 and just said, oh, my gosh, this guy's 16 going on 26. (laughs) And he's always been that way, that maturity and that poise that he brings to the table. And I'm just fascinated that the guy's only been here five semesters. I mean, he's been with us two and a half years. And to see his progress and to know that he hasn't even touched his ceiling yet, I can't even imagine where he's going to be two, three, four years down the road. He's just a really terrific prospect a dynamic player and person. The Jets really hit the lottery with this pick. I'm so glad for them. Well, Coach Clay Halton, we appreciate your time, and thank you so much for your great insight today. Greens, my major takeaway there is that Halton said this guy is a tremendous communicator, and he provided that one-on-one leadership from the get-go at USC, and he was a program changer. And you could tell, just listening to Clay Helton, how much he meant to him as far as that program is concerned because he went about it the right way, and he earned the respect of that coaching staff, the fans, and most importantly, his teammates. I think what really stood out to me was what you mentioned when he was entering the week of starting his first game at Utah. Yep. And he brings Juju Smith Schuster over and talks with one on one. He's like, hey, man, like, we, you know, we, we got to focus on what we're here for. And the fact that Juju was like, yeah, man, you're right. You're right about that. We, we got to get to work. Thank you. To me, that speaks volumes because. Yeah, one, because he didn't want the guy celebrating too much in practice because what they were doing was just executing, just keeping your mindset on the task at hand. And Sam is very young, like you said. He's going to be 21 in June, and he's walking into a rather young team. And the fact that he has the courage to do something like that in college can only bode well for what he's going to do in the NFL. And how about this for Clay Helton, Sam Darnold? Sorry, he didn't mention this, but I heard this on a separate interview with Clay Helton, is that 
someone asked him, what's an example of Sam Darnold's work ethic? And he said, I'll give you an example from last week. And at the time, this was probably a week or so before the draft. So Helton said, I came into work at 6.30 in the morning, and Sam Darnold was already throwing, already working with some USC staff on their indoor turf field. And he walked up to Darnold, and he said, Sam, well, what are you doing, buddy? And he said, Coach, this is, uh, this is every day now. So if you have any questions, if Sam Darnold gets it, there should be none because he fully understands what he needs to do. He has a tremendous work ethic, and he's going to give his 100% for the New York Jets moving forward. Didn't Charlie Casserly, who works for NFL Network now, of course, uh, say that uh, he pulled 24 general managers around draft time and said, hey, who was the top quarterback on your board? And 17 of them said Sam Darnold. Yep, he did say that. Okay. Someone else that had uh, Sam Darnold number one is Bleacher Report's Matt Miller. And that's another guy that's very high on Sam Darnold. So let's listen to hear what at NFL Draft Scout had to say. Now let's bring in Bleacher Report's Matt Miller, who continues to do an excellent job as NFL Draft Scout. You can follow him on Twitter. Matt, you said after the Jets grab Sam Darnold with the number three overall selection that he was the best quarterback in this class. Why? Man, I think Sam Darnold is a special kid and a special player. I mean, and he's he's 20 years old. I feel like I am finally old enough to, to use the kid label for him. But I think the things that I look for in a quarterback, accuracy, toughness, poise, the ability to take over games in the clutch, and just how great of a fit he is for that Jeremy Bates offense because he's athletic enough to get outside the pocket a little bit. He has that thick frame where he's not going to break down in the cold. He's not going to break down if he gets hit a little bit. And he's so good spinning the ball in tight places. His timing and anticipation I thought were the best in the class. His accuracy, especially up the seam, is dangerous. And then he is just so gritty, and he's not going to let little things rattle him. And I, I think something you and I have talked about before is that when you're drafted to play quarterback for the New York Jets, you've got to be able to walk into a hostile environment with the expectations, the biggest media market in the country, and everyone watching you to see if you're going to crumble or if you're going to rise to the occasion. And I think that the way that he's made up the intangibles allow him to do that. But on the field, it sounds cliche, but it factor, he has it. Matt, you know the city very well. You're often here doing stuff for Bleacher Report. What do you think about his steadiness off the field? Now, he's kind of a businessman in the sense that, hey, listen, he wants to put the hard hat on and go to work. Yes, he'll take care of his media obligations, but he's not really worried about too much what's happening externally. Well, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Sam Darnold getting caught up in the lights of New York. He's not going to be trying to get a marketing deal or a fashion deal. He's going to be great for Jersey. He just wants to go to work <laughs> and care about football. And I think that is one thing that I remember talking to you last year about Mitch Trubisky was, Guys like that are perfect for this situation that's really unique in New York because they're not going to get sucked in by everything else. They're going to be workers and really just dedicated to football, and I, I think he fits that mold really well. What did you see the differences in him from 2016 to 2017? He passed for more yards last season as a junior. I know the turnovers went up, and some people expressed concerns about that as well, but he's working with some different personnel. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, and I, I think stats always need context, right? So, yeah, he had a lot of turnovers last year, and I think you can look at someone like Marcus Mariota, who 
fumbled a decent amount in college and hasn't been a fumbler in the NFL. So you can obviously make corrections to clean that up. And I know that's something he talked about was, you know, he needed to change some things with his delivery so that he's not dropping the ball down so much. And I'm a firm believer that a coach like Jeremy Bates can really get in there and help clean up some of the issues that, that I saw on tape. But it's not like you got to reinvent the wheel here. I mean, he was highly successful at USC the last two years. And I would say this year did so with – not a great supporting cast, especially at the wide receiver position. He lost three starters on his offensive line this year. And it was a completely different team. And it showed up on tape at times, but he never complained. I think he's just the ultimate leader in that he just he worries about himself. And he takes care of his mistakes, and it's never anyone else's fault. That's Matt Miller, who calls home in the show-me state. Of course, that is Missouri, and he's saying that. Mike McCagnan is showing a lot here in his fourth draft as New York Jets general manager. Great catching up with you as always, Matt. So, Greens, as Miller talked about, Darnold was the top quarterback on his board, and he thinks that McCagnan's got some good fortune surrounding him because a lot of people in 2015 talk about Leonard Williams falling to the Jets at six. Then you have Jamal Adams falling to the Jets at 6 in 2017, and then Mike McCagnon on March 17th moving up from 6 to 3 in order to take a Sam Darnold, who most people on St. Patrick's Day, unless they were having a couple adult beverages, didn't think he was going to be there at 3. I think that what's most interesting is that when the Jets made that move in March, a lot of people around the league said, this is an interesting trade because you don't really know who's going to be there at number 3. And it was one of the first trades that they could recall where you make a move at the time you did and you don't really know who's going to be there at the time and at that time everyone thought Sam Darnold was going to go number one overall to the Browns and then a week or so later the owner of the Browns is in the stands of USC's Pro Day with Sam Darnold's parents and then how it's funny how things fall uh, work out because you could call it fortune you could call it an educated guess whatever you want to call it the fact of the matter is, is that the Browns ended up taking Baker Mayfield. The Cagnet said he had a good feeling that the Giants very much like Saquon Barkley. And how could you not? Because he's a tremendous talent. And then Sam Darnold there for the Jets at three for the taking. I feel like it was a rather simple decision at that point. I thought it was a lazy argument because a lot of people were saying the Jets are going to move up to three, just three selections in the first round. They're going to give, give up a trio of second-round picks in the process, and potentially they're going to get the third quarterback on their draft board. But with all that being said, you always had to let it play out. And what McKagan did was he took away a lot of the uncertainty because if you were sitting there at six, who knows what would have happened. Yep. That changes the dynamic completely. Four quarterbacks went in the top ten on Thursday night. Of course, Baker Mayfield goes one. Sam Darnold goes three. The Bills traded up to seven in order to get to Josh Allen. They had conversations with the Denver Broncos. In fact, the parameters of a deal were in place, but the Broncos said, John Elway said, oh, no, no, Bradley Chubb's on the board. I'm not doing that trade. But the Bills still got their guy, who they've been linked to for a long time. And then Arizona 
made the move up in order to get to Josh Rosen. I thought Rosen potentially might fall actually to Miami at 11, and you would have saw three AFC East teams take, take a quarterback really early. Right. And now we're getting all this talk about how the Patriots were very interested in Baker Mayfield. We don't know. We don't know. Unless uh, the Patriots tell you that. Unless Belichick tells you that. Yeah, unless it comes right from Belichick and he's looking in the camera and it's recorded. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to believe it. Because everybody's talking about, oh, they're going to package this, they're going to move up, they definitely need a guy and whatever and things like that. You, you don't know. The other thing you don't know is you don't know the way the Jets board was stacked. People can guess all they want about it. But with all that being said, McCagnin moved up in March and he got his guy in April. He should be applauded for that, an aggressive move, and it paid off. Bottom line, it paid off. There was great value there, no matter what the compensation he gave up. And I will say this, I understand it from what the Colts did. Greens, when you look at what the Colts did, I think they had a nice draft, and it started with Quentin Nelson at number six overall, who everybody said was the top offensive lineman in the entire draft. The Colts, again, it, this is a win-win deal. Because they have it a was quarterback, a and they're saying yeah. that he's going to be healthy. We were in Indianapolis. Everybody's saying Chris Ballard told reporters there that, hey, listen, we're comfortable where he is, and you don't make that deal unless you think Andrew Luck is coming back. It was a win-win in March, and it was a win-win in April, and now it's May. It's still a win-win. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's another interesting nugget. You talked about the potential of three AFC East quarterbacks. Well, there are definitely two with yep. Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, and they're extremely close. They've trained together all offseason with Jordan Palmer. They'll be forever linked. I and mean, bottom be, line, yes, not, a, not a, you're a great point there because Darnold's going to be linked to Saquon Barkley, no doubt about that. I mean, Barkley goes two and then Darnold goes three, but uh, obviously the AFC East connection there with Slingin' Sam and Josh Allen. Slingin' <laughs> Sam. Josh Allen might have the biggest arm we've ever seen come out, ever. Oh, yeah. Well, at least in my lifetime. Absolutely. Yeah, well, of course, in your lifetime. Well, I'm just saying, Jamarcus Russell was close, I think. Did you see Jamal Adams' tweet the other day? I saw, uh, yeah, I yeah. did. I did. Can you tell fans about that? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think fans will like it. I didn't uh, know if I was going to bring it up or yeah, not. Yeah, I'd like you to bring it up. All right. It's a little salty, but That's it's a Jamal Adams maybe tweet. Maybe a rivalry starting already. So, someone <laughs> tweeted a video of Josh Allen throwing an interception and said, oh boy, that Josh Allen to Jamal Adams connection is going to be real nice. <laughs> and Jamal Adams quote tweeted it oh, and said, can't wait to catch some passes from one of my favorite QBs. Oh, man. Here we go, baby. Jamal is something. That <laughs> social media, he really is something. Yeah, he's all in on social media. But, you know, <laughs> we've, we've talked about Sam Darnold so much now. I think that we should listen to your interview when Sam toured one Jets drive as the first time. As a Jet, of course, he was here on a top 30 visit, but let's listen in on what Sam told you about the process and about what he expects to do in the green and white. Sam, what was the thought process when the car was rolling in here to one Jets drive today? Seeing the fields first, you know, that's the first thing you see rolling up. It's amazing, you know, I just want to get out there and play. You know, and then coming in here, meeting with uh, Mr. Johnson, meeting with Coach Bowles was amazing actually got to see Leo and uh, Claude Pallone, uh, my former teammates. So it's just been amazing so far. And that's one thing that you keep on reiterating that, uh, hey, listen, uh, I talked to Jeremy Bates. I love talking ball. Yeah. It, it, you like it, not 
the cameras so much. You'll do that, but you're here to be a football player, and you're eager to get started. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I really want to get started. Um, I think for me, it's, I know that the quarterback position, you have to be available to the media, be able to talk about certain things. But, you know, down in my core, I just really want to play football. That's what I came here to do, and I'm just really excited to get started. How much of a role did your family play in all this? Huge role. They've always been there for me, um, no matter what. Same with my best friends and my teammates and all my coaches I've ever had. It's just, it's amazing to kind of think about all those people that have been in my life and be able to give them thanks throughout this whole process because I wouldn't be here without them. What did you get specifically from your mom, from your dad, and your older sister? They just, they're really good leaders for me. I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, teaching me how to work hard. Um, the work ethic that all three of them have is amazing. And, you know, what, what my dad especially was able to do with his life, you know, coming home after work and wanting to take a nap on the couch, me waking him up once I get home from school and wanting to go throw a football out in the front yard or play hoops in the backyard. It was just, he was always willing to do those things, even though he worked his butt off during the day. So it's just learning from him and learning how to work hard is, is something that I really cherished. What have these moments been like for you and your family? It's been amazing. You know, it's, it hasn't been anything short of that. It's just very surreal and something that, you know, I'm going to remember for a long time. But I understand, you know, with the end of this chapter comes the next chapter, and that's being a Jet and um, seeing how many ball games I can win. Why was this a good fit? We talked about it last night. You said you talked to your mom after your visit here to the Jets and said, listen, I got a real good feeling about it yeah. that I might go to them at number three. Yeah, you know, I've, I had a really good feeling, you know, depending on what, you know, Cleveland and the Giants did. I knew that if I was there at three, that I could probably, you know, go there. And I was very confident in that. I had a really great meeting with all the coaches, front office, you know, I met some of the players. It was amazing. So just getting to know everyone, um, I had a really good feeling afterwards. You had a chance to experience Jets Nation already at the Dallas airport. I hear a few yeah. people recognized you. I don't know if you were in your green tie already, but uh, I was. Yeah. what did they say to you? You know, they're just really excited, you know, as any fan would be. But it's just, it's amazing to be able to embrace that and just say hi to everyone, get to meet the fans, sign some autographs, take some pictures. My whole time here, I'm just going to continue to embrace everything, whether I'm a rookie or whether I'm a 10th year vet, you know, I'm just going to always embrace the moment because that's really all I know how to do. If you were able to watch yourself on tape and somebody said, hey, give me a scout on that guy, a self-scout, what would you say as far as what you bring on tape? Yeah, I think I bring really good uh, football instincts to the game and confidence that you can see when I play, whether it's fitting in the tight window. And yeah, that gets me into trouble sometimes. But, um, you know, I'm really confident whenever I pull the trigger. And that's something that I'm going to continue to do here and just continue to be really confident with every decision that I make. And lastly, can you believe it? It's only a couple of days away when you actually will be on these fields right here in Florham Park for rookie minicamp. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, again, I, I can't wait to get on this field and start practicing with all my teammates. All right, EA, so we, we broke down Sam Donald. We heard from him. We heard from Matt Miller. We heard from Donald's head coach at USC, Clay Helton. Let's look ahead now. Rookie minicamp is around the corner. Josh McCown is still the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Todd Bowles said that it is McCown's job entering training camp. However, he did say that with Donald, he's not going to throw him in there, but he's not going to hold him back either. No timetable, bottom line. That's what you get from Todd Bowles. If the guy's ready to play, he'll play. If he's not ready to play, he won't play. Uh, I think that's the proper approach. I don't think you set 
certain benchmarks along the way. I'm sure you have some kind of plan as far as what kind of reps these guys are going to be given throughout training camp and things like that. But Todd Bowles has taken the right approach here. That's the only approach you should have. And the other thing is it's a great situation because Sam Darnold was asked about Josh McCown a couple of times. I asked him about McCown. He said the guy's amazing. And when he was asked during his press conference about McCown, he said, listen, Josh already texted me. He said, whatever you need, I'm here for you. What else can you ask for? Josh McGowan's a perfect guy to learn from. You know, and he, that, he, he's just a great dude, yep. L- let alone you know, throw the stats out the window, everything like that. He's just a great guy that everyone likes to be around, whether you're a media member, a friend, a player. Everyone seems to like Josh McCown. And the big thing in social media nowadays, too, is to take a photo of your text. Oh, boy. Yep. Right? Yep. Take a photo of your text conversation and let the world know about it. What's that about, Greens? Because Josh McCown's daughter did that, didn't she? Well, no, he did it. Oh, the, the conversation it. he was having. Yeah. yeah. So, so I apologize to Josh McCown's daughter. That's uh, I got well, well, well. Do you apo- Well, what she said was a little bit of a, a zinger. She texted. Yeah, but that's all right to do that to the old yeah, man. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, oh, oh, you're calling him old. Well, hey, it's all <laughs> it's all relative. He. He uh, so if you if you, you didn't see Josh McCown screenshotted a conversation between himself and his daughter, his mm. oldest daughter, and she said something like, "You do realize that he's, you know, a year younger than me, or a year older than me, or something, something crazy." And then he, he obviously felt a little dated with that. Yeah, but but he let the world know about yeah. it. Yeah. Self-depreciating uh, he, humor. Yeah, he, he has a good that, sense of humor. That's a way to people's hearts, uh, but. I didn't know this was a thing. I'm starting to see this. Yes. I'm starting to see this more and more with people I converse with on a daily basis. Maybe that could be like your your mid season, your mid year revolution <laughs> is to start is to start screenshotting funny moments in your texts and yeah. posting them on Twitter. Should I do that? Uh, it depends how funny the moment is, and you got to make sure to to crop the uh, yeah because the image. there could be some things in there that you don't want out there, right? There, yeah, it depends. Like, no one needs to know a grocery list. No. You know, or right. it could be a number of things. But, it, you know, I'll show you how to crop the photo. But I'll tell so you, Josh wants to be big in the texting because he texted Darnold, too. Whatever he you did. need. Well, I mean, he's not ancient. No, I didn't say that. No, I mean, I, I think he knows how to text. <laughs> yes, he does. He knows how to play some football, too. And some hoops. Uh, yes, yes. The hoop video. But Todd Bowles was not that impressed. He knew he was athletic. We talked to him about it at owners' meetings. He said it didn't look like people were really playing too much defense. No, but then when he threw down the dunk, he said, okay, that was impressive. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, listen, McCown can bring it. Oh, well, speaking of... High school basketball? Didn't Darnold average like 20 yeah, points a D- game in Dar- high school basketball? Darnold was a, uh, a high school point guard, which is where his vision yeah. comes and from. And he also played linebacker. He likes contact. EA likes that, Sam Darnold. Oh, yes, linebacker. I do, because yeah, because I think it's, even though I grew up on the East Coast, I don't like it when people say, oh, ooh, he's from Southern California. Might be a little bit soft. The sun got this guy a little bit. This guy, there's nothing that is soft about him. Again, Blue-collar family, and this is a guy who does nothing but work. And like I said before, look at what his parents brought to the table and their occupation. And the way how authentic this kid is and genuine and sincere and his approach when you talk to him, he says, I can't wait to get on the field. I love talking ball with people who know ball. Sam Darnold, 
New York Jet. How do you like that, Jets Nation? I'll pause for a response. Won't hear it because you can't speak to Maybe me. Maybe they'll send a text message or they'll screenshot it. They'll send it in to us. And that's how we close out this episode on the official Jets podcast. That's all we have. Ethan Greenberg and Eric Allen again in studio. Next up on the pod, we're breaking down rounds two through seven. Stay tuned.